Welcome to the Anem and Me podcast. I'm Chizzy of the Daughter and Mother Duo from the Anem and Me podcast show. This show was brought to you by our love for chatting about every and anything. It's a show where we discuss what we watch, experience, and think. We're an Igbo mother and daughter duo, and we hope that you enjoy. Ciao! Hi, everyone. This is the Nem and Me podcast. I am Chizzy. I'm the daughter out of the duo with my mom here. And today, well, this is our first podcast episode. We're going to be reviewing and kind of speaking about our experience listening to Solange's, uh, Solange's episode on Song Exploder. And here's my mom. So, hi, everyone. I am the mom of the door. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Uncle Uwecha, and this is Nem. It's, uh, it means my mom, but it's funny because even though I'm the mother, I call her Nem too. Nem is an endearing way to say um my beloved yeah because you know so it's, it's, she, i am the ne, but she's also nem. it's, it's kind her. of like how um like mexicans say like miha and miho and stuff like that it means i think miho and miha means the same exact thing actually in terms of mother and father i'm not sure but they call their children that too So we're going to be first off speaking about um, Solange Nose's ex... Um, why can't I speak English properly? Solange Nose's episode on Song Exploder where she breaks down how she made Cranes in the Sky. I sent that to my mom. I sent her a whole bunch of like podcasts to listen to while she was you know, in quarantine and things that I found helpful to... In that episode, Solange speaks about, like, the journey of making cranes in the sky. It took her eight years to make. Um, her friend and, like, really talented producer, writer, singer, artist, Raphael Sadiq, um, made the, I guess, skeleton for the song. Like, he laid, like, the drums and the... I think the drums and the bass and guitar and all that stuff. Um, And she got, like, a... I think she... I can't remember. Either she heard it and then she need, she wanted it like two years later and he didn't have the exact demo or the exact version of it. And then she asked for it like months again later, months again later. And then she had to make her own version because that, that original version just didn't exist anymore. And there's other stuff as well. Yeah, she said she had, she had asked him to give her some background. Yes. So basically, yes. I think what he did was it was either his original gu- guitar on the song or a snare or drums or whatever. She wanted she wanted his original version of it that he created. But he just he couldn't find it. He lost it, I think. So they so she had to she had to make it over again new, keeping the same rhythm and everything. So it's it's essentially the same but a little bit different because yeah. What I found very intriguing was the the title, The Queens in the Sky, mm. and how that became the title of her song. She said she was she had lived in New Orleans for yeah, a while. Yeah. And then um she would travel well, Miami to Miami as well, yeah. Yeah, she would travel to Miami and that's where she kind of found a lot of inspirations usually where she creates and during this 
period in her life, she went to Miami and that was when there was a lot of construction going on and everywhere she went, there were cranes in the sky. Mm. And she kind of grabbed onto that phrase, cranes in the sky. Um, as she was explaining it in her um, podcast, it just, to me, as the, the creative person, it just spoke to me about the multi-dimensions of that title, Cranes in the Sky. Mm. The fact that it was construction in a place like Miami, where she was was most creative. Yeah. Um, what does the sky really mean for the rest of us? Mm. What are cranes? They are metals that mm. are used for construction. Mm. You only find them when things are being built. So if we should take the building as our life and the cranes as the tools that we uh, have in our life to finish up the construction. Mm. And then when we are done, the crane is moved, mm. you know, and the sky being the environment that we find ourselves in, yeah. be it your hometown, be it a period of the time in your life. It just puts together so well. Mm. What she said, also- the cranes in the sky was like a reflection of the gentrification that was going on at the moment in Miami. Yes. I guess that's yes. why in the song she says it feels like um, cranes in the sky. I don't want to see those metal clouds. Yes. I think that's the I think that's the lyric that confused me. I was like, what is it? What does the metal cloud mean? And until I listened to the podcast, then I was like, oh, crane in the sky as in metal cranes. Whereas at first yes. I thought maybe like birds, like cranes, crane birds. Um, but I was always confused because I, I was like, I don't really get what a metal cloud is. Mm-hmm. And then when she broke mm-hmm. it down, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yes. And I never, and I guess that's the thing. I never understood what the metal, I never understood what the crane in the sky was meant to represent until I listened to the podcast and realized that the metal crane, like it was like a sore, you oh, know? Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. looking at, it's an eyesore basically that reminds you of, a bigger problem. Yes. But it could also be an eyesore in the sense that when we are going through personal or spiritual reconstruction of ourselves, you know, mm. we're not necessarily always pretty. It's like one of those signs you see in construction yeah. or stores, part of my our appearance while we are under construction. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't look pretty, but the, the finished product is what looks pretty. Mm. And then the gentrification also. Um, making something modern or making something, making, using an old, uh, turning an old environment so that it reflects the new rebirth. Quote unquote. Quote unquote, exactly. Only only because obviously with gentrification comes, or gentrification comes because there is investment in spaces so that people who are usually wealthier and with wealth usually comes you know not usually but with wealth comes a different class and with a different class often comes with a white middle class a white upper class that doesn't understand or appreciate the culture Mm -hmm. of the people Mm -hmm. that live there currently Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. is not looking to integrate with them or um, respect them or like get to know them or any of that but essentially just push them out yeah, in fact, they don't have to respect them. So many times, if it results in being pushed out, yeah, you know, and they, they take over, yeah, 
of of the environment um by sort of people who just want what they want to be the new the new norm yeah you know so that is what that is the and that's what i find interesting about her music it is complex arrangement of thoughts mm. you know these um layers like peel and onion like i said earlier mm. this multiple layer of of uh, uh creativity and thinking that can be interpreted in so many ways and still whether you're thinking about it as replacing the old with the new, whether you're thinking about it as the rich suppressing the poor, whether you're thinking about it as a rebirth of self, mm. you know, whether you're seeing the sky as the limit and the crane as, you know, what you have to go through to reach the sky, whichever way you want to think about it, it's mm. just one thing that keeps giving. Yeah. And can be interpreted in so many ways. And so, what's the what's the word that we what's the one word we can use to 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 summarize this classic? I guess. Yeah, already. Classic, yeah. And and then the rendition of the music, the instruments when she discussed that. Yeah. I was saying that the video and the audio and verbiage, the the, the words of the music, mm. all align. Mm. You can separate each one, and they stand on their own. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And the meaning of the music is still not lost. Yeah. I think that's that's really important for me as an artist as well, is that they all stand on their own. Like, the lyrics, the actual instrumental and the video all very much do, like, stand on their own. And also, um, like, when I, when I did the soundtrack that I did, it was this that inspired me to do it, you know? Oh, yeah. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah, I was just going to say to you, doesn't that doesn't that kind of point to the direction of what you always believe in? Yeah, that uh, creativity and and you know an artist uh, enjoying what do you say to enjoying um, creativity and artistry should not be limited to one medium. One, uh, one medium. That's yeah, it. yeah. Because if you let's assume you don't you have. Hearing, hearing impairment, you can watch her video and love it. Yeah. Let's assume you are, you are blind. You can listen to the music and love it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Let's That's assume true. you have none of those, and you can just read. You will still understand it as a poem, as a music, yeah. as a video. Yeah. It yeah. gives you the same message. Yeah. Unlike sometimes when you see a video. And you hear the words of the music, and you're going, yes, "What part of that is translated in the exactly?" Yeah, you know. Yeah. There's some videos that I will watch, and I would, I can't even line that up with what the song says. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, when I made the soundtrack, so I basically I, for anybody listening, I made the sound. I made a soundtrack in my final year of my bachelor's degree. I was in a textile print design degree, but for my final major project. I made a soundtrack, garments, a book, a short film, jewelry, um, artwork, and textile samples. And I made a soundtrack to that was like more so than the music because I'm not a musician. Well, I used to be, but not now. The interludes on the album, A Seat at the Table, where the song comes from, 
inspired me. So I had a lot of like discussions and interviews with family members and then I recorded them. And then I worked with two producers and made a soundtrack. Explains some of the work and the thoughts and discussions that actually led to the work being produced. I just feel like overall the song, but also the podcast was very inspirational for me because hearing that it took her eight years to make a song, like, is literally just, I don't even know what to call that. Because a lot of times I'm thinking about like, especially with social media being really important for my generation, like how quickly I can produce something and then put it out. But um, sometimes sometimes you can't you can't make something before it's time i guess um yes. and, the and fact if you do it will not succeed it will Everything, not succeed yeah yes the impact will be much reduced yeah yeah and i and i was saying earlier that like, it just shows that she's a creator on it on a different level mm. you know she's not dancing to anybody's tune she um has to feel something see something touch something and have it all come together yeah like making it's like cooking you know yeah. you put it together nicely the timing is right and it, it makes it comes out uh a perfect dish yeah. yeah i i also think that like you said if you put it if you make it too soon and put it out too soon it won't have the same impact and that album came out in 2016 it's 2020 but it feels like it feels like it's been out for 10 years and it's and it's like already a classic. Like it's a, like a very legendary like piece of work already. Um, but I guess that makes sense. If you, I guess if you want to make something so impactful of surely it would take a lot of time and lived experience for it to have such an impact. Um, but it just means that like the journey to get there will look different and maybe not so outwardly glamorous like compared to other people um but i also really liked her music is really layered and she uses what she has like she uses what she she obviously you know has resources yeah but she said that she has resources but she uses what she has like her saying that you know she found this um toy yeah but also that she found this what did she say? There was like some some store or restaurant or record shop in New Orleans that had a. She said like it had like a broken down piano, or like yes. a really rusty old piano, yes. and that's where um I think she she like went there for like a she was there for like a month or two or a couple of weeks, and I think that's where she got she tried to get like either the melody out or something. She basically got something out from that, and then something about the old rusty piano give her that um, exact sound that she couldn't even find in a brand new yeah. tune from yeah. piano. Yeah. And did she not use a toy? Yeah. Or the... Um, for the harp. Basically, the, the harp. she yes. had this idea of a harp being in the song. And I think maybe like one of the guitar players or somebody that was within the sessions that she was doing played it on a toy harp or toy guitar from Toys R Us or something like that. And she said that instead of hiring somebody to play the harp, that she was like, this sounds perfect. We don't need it. And if she didn't say that, I really wouldn't have never known that it was from a toy. That is just to show 
that instrumentation is what we make of it. Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, you know, growing up in Nigeria where you can make beautiful music by just using tins of, um, of uh, tomatoes or mm. milk, mm. you know, to create music. Mm. It's what is how it speaks to you and what it says to you. Every instrument, well, every piece of uh, anything can be an instrument of music. That's true. Yes, anything can be an instrument of music. Starting from our voice to inanimate objects. Yeah. It's just how we, we use it. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I definitely have a much, much, much more better position for her as not just a singer and a writer, but a woman that has something to say. Mm. something to contribute mm. and someone that takes her time to create mm. is not allowing the elements of uh, media or time or money or you know mm. to detect what she puts out there mm. she is dancing to her own tune mm. and she her tune is not for everybody that's for sure yeah and she's content with that. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. I like yeah. her a lot. I do too. I do too. It's been very useful for me to um, listen to what she has to say and like how she works because a lot of times it's good to have resource, resources, but a lot of times like waiting for a resource can hold you back. And um, also... It just it just solidifies to me that um, your talent is not something that like it's it's always with you like it's actually not something that you can like take off or put down. Uh-huh. It's just about how you use it. So if you like when I'm making work and I feel like oh I don't have this or I don't have that like more than not it's really it really shouldn't be so much of a hindrance unless like you know. I think maybe the only time it would be is like maybe if you're at university and they're requiring you to use a specific something, but in actual, in the actual practice of making work that is creative or making work that you, that you feel called or inclined to make, you can actually make it with just about anything. You yes. don't you don't have to buy something new all the time. You can use what you have around you, um, but what separates you from somebody else is how you use it. But I also, like, the first time that we spoke about it, I also found it really interesting that, like, you feel like she's she's on duty. Like, a lot of the work that she does is, like, there's this sense of being on duty. Is she allowed to have fun? Like, does she have fun? Um, yes. Yes, because everything that's... Uh, so far, not just beyond that podcast, what I've, you know, read and seen about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like she's on duty. You know, in other words, her life, what what she creates out there tells me that her life has it. She has identified the purpose and she's walking that path. Mm. You know, it's not I'm making money. It's not um, creating fashion. You know, all those things are together, the sum of who she is. But... Each one is not a wasted energy. Yeah. She's giving to the universe. She's contributing to the universe. From her presence is contributing to the universe. Mm. So she's on duty. 
That's what I mean by that. Mm. You know, she's not occupying a space uh, and not providing value. How yeah, about that? Yeah, 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 Something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, I feel that of her. I feel that energy from her every time. Yeah. And she doesn't talk much, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't that much, you know. It's not like there, there are stories about her. Yeah. But she doesn't seem to be at every... I don't think I've ever seen her at a talk show. She's not making rounds and promoting this and promoting yeah, that. Yeah. You know, her life is certainly interesting. She, so she doesn't seem to be the kind of person. It's like those people that say very little, but Do when they say something, you have to listen. Yeah. If you blink, you miss it. And their every word is weird. Yeah. That's how I feel about her. Yeah. So I've added that to my list of, uh, you know, young people that has, that inspire me to be better. Yeah. Mm. So there you go. Thank you for joining us in on the Inem and Me podcast. Here are some extra bits and behind the scenes. We'll see you next time. It's weird when I hear, when I hear my voice though. Why? I don't know. Your voice is so light. Mine is very boom, boom, boom. No, I think my voice sounds deep, deep and. Okay, well, to me anyway, it sounds very light and airy. You know, and flows. My African voice is boom, boom. It's, it's, um, anyway, years ago, I don't think people do it now anymore, but years ago, you'll see a baby, brand new baby, they'll be bundled, sweater, socks, hat, woolen hat, not Nigeria. Not that from now on. But then babies used to be very tiny and small, you know? Really? Yeah, honestly. If you compare children that I used to see when I tested it, uh, if you're one day old, they're moving their head, their leg, everything. Before, when a baby's a baby now, uh, three months, they haven't opened their eyes. Oh, me, that's so dramatic. No, I'm, I'm being honest. You know, first of all, have you ever seen a baby these days that has this uh, pantella or whatever? Bobby, how can you say three months they haven't opened their eyes? That, that thing that here, that the, the soft of their, of their head. Yeah. Head because your cranium is not closed yet. Mm-hmm. You know the cranium is already into two. Yeah. So where the two meet over here, you touch the baby. You can you don't even have to touch them. You are looking at the baby's head. You will see it going up and down like boom. boom yeah. Boom, yeah. Uh, and that's when we used to put um if the baby is um um hiccuping, you put a white piece of cloth it's supposed to transmit energy to the head something like that. But anyway, babies at uh, the first month all they do they, they don't even open their eyes. They sleep twenty four maybe twenty two hours. The other one hour they spend it eating. The other one and a half hour. The other one is when they are pooping. And that's it. And they will be wrapped. They will be, you know, I think just months, up to three months. Mm. You know, trying to still remain as if they are in the belly. That's yeah. what I do. Pin them like that. Yeah. Okay. Do you ever wonder how they move their hands and legs when they are wrapped like that? They can't move their hand and leg. The only thing that shows is their little face, and they wrap the head. So all you see is their face. Mm. But these days, one month, one day old baby, they already. <laughs> Moving everywhere, moving their neck. I remember when I went to see Kaima. You, she, you make a noise. She will turn. Uh-uh. <laughs> true. You know, it's true. You make noise. She will move. Who's uh-uh. Did you hear noise in the stomach? How do you know to follow? You know, to follow the noise with your eyes. So babies, this is, I don't know if it's all the vitamins that you give them. They don't know what looks like a radio anymore. Even when they are small, they are not fragile. You know, they are not that Emma helpless looking no not anymore no they move their head they hold their head neck uh, 
before now, before maybe can hold their neck up. Four months, six months. Now they can raise their head up from there when they're lying down. But this is the thought they have a joke. Maybe we'll crack joke and smile. No, baby, please come on. Then <laughs> 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 you'll be like, yo. <laughs> Mommy, please. <laughs> so I don't know. Huh. I don't know. Maybe by the time it's you post on, maybe we'll just come out and be like, yo, yo, yo. Everybody give me something to, you know. Anybody got some beer here or something? What? Ay, ay, ay. Anyway, when you put it together, it would be nice to just hear it. Yeah, I'll see. send it to you before I actually put it out. Mm. It's a water. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Put together my nice electric toothbrush, my floors, the mirror. Yeah. You know, an area where I'll be, I will just have the same background at all all times. You know, so mm. it's consistent. Mm. So to have to be in my bathroom. Yeah. Mm. But I have people to have a chair. You know. Yeah, the but your bathroom will be nice for it. Um, yes. Even yeah. like the table and stuff like that. The yes. Sink. Mm. Can be nice. Where you know it will be uninterrupted for at least. 34 minutes, you know? Yeah. Mm. It's not easy. What I mean by it's not easy is like, you know, you see rap on video, you think it's, it's just come out and be talking rubbish. No, I know. Yeah, it's not. It's not.